Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are served from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band, full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more info. State Department's ongoing efforts to ensure that U.S. taxpayer dollars are not used to subsidize or promote abortions. The first announcement concerns the so-called Mexico City policy. This Reagan-era directive ensures U.S. taxpayer dollars aren't used to support foreign non-governmental organizations that perform or actively promote abortion as a method of family planning. President Trump boldly expanded the Mexico City policy in 2017. It now protects every human life impacted by the nearly $9 billion of foreign aid we spend on global health programs each year, and in turn protects more unborn babies around the world than ever before. This is decent. This is right. And I'm proud to serve an administration that protects the least amongst us. I just love that. This is decent. This is right. You know, some things to me are just clear. And we can sit and debate for days or hours, you know, whatever, months, years, actually, over whether or not there is ever a... Uh, legitimate reason for abortion. That's a, that's something that is fair to debate. But I don't think that there is much debate to whether or not the American taxpayer should be responsible for funding such procedures anywhere in the world. I, I just think that's that's on the face of it insane and indecent. You know, the, what happened to decency? You know, there was a time when we were a nation that took great pride in the fact that we had these decency standards. And by that, I don't mean that we silence people who uh, have uh, varying diff, you know, viewpoints. You know, if anywhere, this is a country that tolerates a lot of different viewpoints. But when it comes to good taste, when it comes to um, proper behavior, decent behavior, when it comes to having respect for decent things, you know, I, I don't know what's happened to us. You know, what do, what do the evolving standards of decency really say about us? You know, for de- decades, the Supreme Court has affirmed that the Eighth Amendment's ban on cruel and unusual punishment, which, you know, obviously uh, governs a lot of the death penalty uh, jurisprudence, It draws its meaning from the evolving standards of decency that mark the progress of a maturing society. It's not the same as it was in the 1600s or the 1900s even. But there are some things that are just moral, that are just acceptable, and then there are others that are just uh, indecent. And I think the idea that American taxpayers unwittingly and unknowingly have been paying for abortion procedures, sometimes abortion procedures in countries that inflict them upon people, is indecent. So when I hear Secretary of State Mike Pompeo use the word decent, I'm like thrilled when he talks about being um, pleased to be working in a... uh, in an administration that respects decency, I, I guess that, that makes me feel better. 
you know, I'm one of these people who thinks there should be standards. That doesn't mean I get to set the standards. It means that we should, on some level, insist that people maintain some decency. That's all. The um, the cuts that were being, uh, you know, and here's where I come into what I consider indecent, all right? The announcement was made uh, a couple of days ago, really, that the education secretary, Betsy DeVos, who I was not a big fan of in the beginning, came to appreciate some of her, um, what I think were good moves and and good unwindings from terrible things, has made a determination about some funding for the Special Olympics. And, you know, the the Special Olympics are something that have a very special uh, spot in America's experience, really does. You know, the idea that we would be inclined to take money away from them disturbs me. Um, These are children who, um, you know, for one reason or another, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical, they are disabled in a manner that they can't participate in many things that other people do. Uh, For instance, in many athletic programs, we have we were cutting monies the the education secretary has to cut monies we get that but she's eliminating all 18 million dollars in federal funding for the special olympics and while i understand that there are things that should be funded by private donations and generally are I'm not so sure the Special Olympics falls into that category. Just saying. You know, this is not an area where I'm going to agree with the administration. I think that um, there are more children who will be dramatically affected by this than anybody is accounted for. There are like, I think, a quarter of a million kids who participate in one form or another to Special Olympics. We have a huge Special Olympics here in Palm Beach. It's an awesome organization. It does amazing work. And it is very well supported by philanthropic organizations. I know people who donate to the Special Olympics first every year. That's their favorite. I know people um, who have children who have participated in the Special Olympics, and they uh, become huge donors to the Special Olympics organization. And yet, you know, the, there are cuts in this budget, which I happen to not be arguing with, to special education and millions of dollars in cuts to programs for children who are visually handicapped or blind. What is it, say, about a society when they stop caring for the least among them? That, that's my, that's the decent perspective of this you know when i when i played that soundbite of secretary of state talking about how it's just the decent thing to do i would suggest 
to the Secretary of Education and to the President that it is the decent thing to do to support kids with special needs, to keep funding at a level amount for them. And, you know, and there are other areas where I would applaud cuts, okay? You've got to uh, look at the, not just the optics of this, because I think the optics are terrible. But you have to look at the, um, the emotional, the decency, the decency factor. You just don't go after the disabled in your budget cuts. That, and not just cut it, they zeroed it out. And, and look, it's very nice that, you know, they quickly pointed out that, you know, Betsy DeVos, like the president, does not keep her salary that we pay her. I think we pay her $200,000 a year for that position. She donates that money to charities, one of whom is actually the Special Olympics. And not just coincidentally, it always was. Uh, one of her charities. So if you want to cut $2 billion to Pell Grants, I'm okay with that. You know, because I think the Pell Grant program is rife with fraud. But if you're going to cut education spending, that the Special Olympics and special education are two, in my opinion, decent things that we spend money on they're decent you 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 don't want to uh, increase spending for certain kinds of like the the learning disabled they got uh, more spending but the people with intellectual and physical disabilities that fall into the special olympics category this is the world's largest organization sports organization for people like them you know, this was a Kennedy project. Well, actually, it was Eunice Kennedy Shriver who uh, started the Special Olympics. And it works with 5 million athletes across 174 countries. You know, I was looking at the Special Olympics website right now. They do get funding from the U.S. government, but they get sponsorships from all kinds of private companies. They get United Airlines. They get Toyota, Procter & Gamble. But... Why would we make this cut? I, I, to me, uh, it's an indecent cut. I can't talk about decency on one hand and then be indecent on the other hand. So, you know, here's where I take a detour from the prevailing Trump philosophy. Yes, philanthropy is great. Yes, it's great that you and uh, your education secretary donate your salaries to charities. But as an American, if you ask me, um, would I want some of my tax dollars going to funding the Special Olympics? You would get a resounding hell yeah from me. Uh, boy, I tell you, immediate reaction to my um, commentary on the cell phone, on the email. Apparently a lot of people agree with me that of all the things that you just don't want to see cut that uh, you find uh, there's some real decency in the American people. Special Olympics would be one of those things. Um, 
and that it should be left alone. And I, I look, I understand. Cutting is never easy. I mean, imagine if you tell seniors you're going to cut Medicare. Oh, we go crazy. Or you tell uh, this group or that group that you're going to cut funding that directly affects them. Somebody's going to, you know, flip out. But there's just some stuff that uh, that we do out of decency, that we do because we're good people. You know, we don't abort babies in foreign countries out of decency, okay? We don't, you know, withhold funding from the handicapped and, and the one sports organization that actually serves them out of decency. You know, the, it's the same reason that I, I say we're supposed to without any reservation, support our democratic partner in the Middle East, the nation of Israel. It's the decent and right thing to do. And, and we shouldn't have any, um, we shouldn't have any people sitting in elected office who don't agree with that. In my opinion, you can have a debate, but to, uh, dismiss the supporters of Israel as somehow being bought and paid for by APAC is pretty uh, pretty intense. It's the typical stuff that people use all the time, that dual loyalty argument. Seeing some new news, which is pretty disturbing on this Smollett case, boy, I'll tell you. And I said I wasn't going to talk about it, but it just gets crazier and crazier. And now we see the president has a wild rally set for Michigan. I wonder if uh, Congresswoman Rashida Talibi will be there or not. Um, and he is unshackled. That's how they're describing him. And he may now attend the White House Correspondents' Dinner. He's considering it. I wouldn't do it if I were him, but he is considering the dinner, which he has boycotted for the last two years. And uh, maybe it's the vi- part of his victory lap over the Mueller thing. But we'll see, you know. The featured speaker this year is historian Ron Chernow. I guess they stopped having comedians. Good idea. Could be awkward, though, for both sides. You know, <laughs> We'll see. The, the media is under fire, obviously, because of what they've done. But anyway, so I saw this report that just came through from the Daily Mail, and now I'm having trouble finding it, um, about how much evidence they actually had regarding this uh, Smollett case. I mean, there's a lot of questions about this, but um, this is the most serious questioning that I've heard. Um, Apparently, the police had extensive evidence, including video evidence, which I had not heard of prior to seeing this in the Daily Mail. Um, which, of course, always seems to be breaking American news before American news agencies, which is kind of strange. But, you know, I think we've proven that we do a pretty lousy job. Here's the report that they have. Um, Jesse abused Chicago. (laughs) The attorney's office decided to drop all of his charges despite their admission that he is guilty of the hoax. That's why, of course, the uh, mayor said they were made fools of. He definitely looked kind of foolish. But now they're saying that there is videotape of Jesse in a car with the, uh, the two dudes, 
and that, wow, Pierce Morgan came out with a statement. Um, an apology to Jesse Smollett. I'm sorry, you're even more despicable than I thought you were, and so are the shameful prosecutors who let you off this repulsive hate crime. Uh, say much. That says a lot, right? Now there are calls, of course, to probe the links between uh, the Obamas and the Kim Fox, the state attorney. We have uh, a lot of videotape of Michelle Obama dancing with Jesse Smollett. Um, it's very interesting. The cops are now probing the Nigerian brothers' role in this and have security footage taken from inside the actor's apartment block and shows him in his car with one of the two Nigerian brothers just before the attack and right after the attack. Hmm. That's pretty amazing. Anyway, let's, uh, let's, we're going to try to get Joe Pags on the line and uh, talk. I'm going to see what Joe has to say about this. I mean, obviously, um, he's in the only other state which might actually speak honestly about this. Texas, right? Or is he in Vegas? I don't remember. It's in somewhere out there in the Western outreaches. Um, now he's going to get to spend time getting his life back together, Mr. Smollett. Will the country have a chance to get their act back together? Probably not. Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. every Friday night of the year. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are optional. Serve from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band from 7 to 11 playing ballroom, standards, party music, and German traditional. Full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more information. We're trying to uh, connect with, did you call Brian? Because I th thought he was supposed to be on tap. We're trying to connect with Joe Peggs, but so far uh, the number we have for him is busy and uh, we're not getting any signal from the Comrex. So we're just going to proceed as previously planned with today's program. Um, and if we can catch up to Joe, we will. All right. Um, there's, there's a real... Um, backlash that's happening right now in Chicago and, and it, it's deserved. You know, I kept thinking and I continue to think that the president is about to enter a second stage of his presidency and he has pretty much um, been freed. He no longer has to watch what he says or what he does. He is free. He is the, the burden of this investigation has been taken off of him. And for the most part, the people who covered it have been, you know, rendered useless. There's nothing they can do anymore to him. What are they going to do? You know, now they're going to issue the whole report in weeks, not months, according to Attorney General William Barr, which means that 
if there's no there there, which is obviously what the attorney general must feel, or he would not have written the summary in the manner that he wrote it, there, then all doubt will be removed. Because you see right now, they're running with this, well, you know, uh, you can't really trust William Barr. We need to see the entire uh, Mueller report. And until we see that report, we're not convinced. And, you know, I mean, you guys like Bernie Sanders saying, oh, I don't accept the report until I see the whole thing. You know, and and this and as Ted Cruz pointed out, you know, they're going to impeach him even if the report clears him 100 percent. It's just what they want to do. So it's fascinating to me that you could have the same media who refuses to accept. Well, first, they refuse to accept that Donald Trump got it got elected. Right. They they can't accept that. They got politicians running around saying, like, uh, they stole the election. Uh, we got to get rid of the Electoral College. Uh, we can't do this and we can't do that. It's it's fascinating to me, really, how uh, the very people who kept saying Donald Trump won't accept the results of the election. He said so are the ones who have never accepted the results of an election. But on top of it, they literally had an insurance policy which triggered an investigation, a special prosecutor, which basically guaranteed the left, guaranteed the Democrat Party, and guaranteed the media that no matter what, they were uh, they were going to get rid of this president, this duly elected president. You know, what this has ended up doing, and I think people really need to understand this, America is a country that always stands with the guy who's being beaten up, and in particular if they feel the guy's being beaten up for no reason. You know, Jussie Smollett's original story made everyone sympathetic. Even the president had uh, some sympathetic uh, remarks after we heard about this hate crime. Nobody wants anybody to be beaten up because of their race or to be beaten up because of their gender preference or their lack of gender. I don't know, whatever this case may be. That's not, you know, American. That's indecent. But then it's more indecent to think that somebody would take the risk of tying up uh, very much needed police manpower in a city where crime happens uh, altogether too regularly inside of the community that he calls marginalized and that he says he's a champion of, right? So then the indecent thing became the hoax. Now the indecent thing is why the hoax is made to go away. And the other indecent thing is why the media simply cannot accept Donald Trump and his supporters. Because that's the issue. It's not just Donald Trump. You know, they don't accept me. I have friends, lifetime friends, friends of decades, five decades, one of my friends, who can't be my friend anymore because I support Donald Trump. That was exactly what I was told, that they could not be my friend anymore. That's obscene, right? They are so um, out of their minds over this presidency that I, I, I just can't wrap my mind around. I never walked away from anybody because they supported Barack Obama, ever. You know, I would try to argue and debate with them. They didn't want to do that. They just marginalized, called me a racist if I tried, <laughs> you know. But but I never, I never said, you're not a good person because you like Obama, you know. You just have a political philosophy very different from mine. That's all. I get it. But this... This has been, uh, I don't even know what to call it anymore. Trump derangement syndrome seems like too polite a term. You know, they are literally looking to impeach a president 
And now that they don't have Russian collusion or obstruction of justice uh, to use as their method, I think, you know, is there such a, is it a high crime and misdemeanor to just be unlikable? Is it a high crime and misdemeanor to be a disruptor? Is it a high crime and a misdemeanor to not want to go with the flow and uh, buck the swamp? Apparently so. So while I am expected to accept the fact that prosecutors don't care whether Justice Smollett even accept a measure of responsibility, I'm expected to let the press off the hook without a smidgen of regret for how they tore this country apart, tore friendships apart like mine for nothing, really for nothing, because they just don't like them. They don't like me. They don't like the ideas that I represent. They don't like the idea that I uh, consider decency important, but that I'm very clear about what's decent and what's indecent. They don't like the idea that I support a man who said, we're going to do this differently. We're not going to support our enemies. We're not going to keep troops on the ground for unlimited amounts of time. If we go to fight a war, we're going to fight it to win, and then we're going to get out. They don't like that. You know, this just upsets their apple cart too much. They don't like a president who says, I'm going to build a wall, because what, what we've ended up have, seeing happen is these policies of the past have literally created a crisis at the border. But we're not even allowed to call it a crisis. They don't like me because I call a crisis a crisis. I don't know what I'm supposed to call it. Am I supposed to say it's just like a a uh, happening? You know, hundreds of thousands of people coming into the country in a period of months? It's just a natural evolution? I don't know. I don't know what they want me to to call it. I really don't. But they um they hate me and they hate you. And they use Donald Trump as the battering ram. You know, and what a what amazing, what an miracle that somebody came along who was willing to take the heat. You know, for years I sat here while people compared Barack Obama to my savior. You know, there were actual murals of him with a halo over his head and, you know, all of these people who said it was, uh, he was going to, what did he say? He was going to make the waters rise or lower or something. I don't know, all kinds of uh, power that one would only attribute to God. And I was supposed to accept the fact that God had put him there and that he was going to do things that uh, needed to be done. And he was this and he was that. And I just, you know, I, I sat here like every other American who didn't approve of the Obamacare and other things. And I said, okay, you know, we got to beat him at an election. We couldn't beat him the first time, but we tried again. Couldn't beat him the second time. But we did stack the Congress. And then we stacked the Senate to push back. That's what we did. They don't want to do that. That's too much work, even though they've already taken the House back. No small part due to the lackluster Republican Party. But now it's not enough. They're going to impeach him. Trust me when I tell you this. They're going to impeach him, just like Bill Clinton was impeached in the House. It'll never get through the Senate. 
and he will win a second term because all those smelly Walmart people, you know, people like you and me who don't smell and don't particularly like Walmart, you know, we may shop there when we have to, but uh, we don't condemn it. We're grateful for all the jobs it brings into communities that need jobs. We're grateful for affordable prices for people who can't afford to spend $150 on a pair of sneakers. We, uh, we see the value in Walmart, even if we don't really like um, what it's done to the smaller retail market. But we're not what they think we are. There are many of us who are intellectuals. There are many of us who are well-educated, who have doctorates and who uh, you know, probably know more about the Constitution than uh, some of our elected representatives. Well, it's obvious to me that I know more than some of my elected representatives. So go figure. They hate us. And they got to batter Trump, who represents us, but they picked the wrong guy. Now, I don't say he's the savior, but I will say he has taken on the sins of America. But you got to have stripes first. Um, And I don't think that's true. Anyway, I I didn't get to the subject of this mosque leader in um, New Zealand because... I don't even know I don't even know what to say about this. But apparently um he's not the least bit reluctant to talk about who he thinks was responsible for that attack at uh, the mosque in Christchurch, New Zealand. I will not mince words. I stand here and I say I have a very very strong suspicion that there is some group behind him. And I am not afraid to say, I feel Mossad is behind this. Israel is behind it. Israel, Mossad is behind him. Israel was behind him. Yeah, because Benjamin Netanyahu has nothing more important to think about than an attack against a mosque in New Zealand, okay? I mean, the... Israel's always to blame. It's either there's only two things that you can count on the Muslim populations around the world and liberals to blame for everything. It's either Mossad and Israel or Donald Trump and America. That's it. They are to blame for everything, including an attack on a mosque. I, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> It's it's really difficult sometimes to listen to these people and take them seriously at all. Any more than I, I'm going to take seriously, like may the may the uh, the dead rest in peace. But who cares if Barbara Bush uh, thinks that Donald Trump gave her a heart attack? I mean, you know, I, I'm, I you know nobody can give me a heart attack. The only way I can have a heart attack is if uh, there's some you know physical problem that causes my heart to stop. Now, can I can enormous amounts of stress contribute to a heart attack? Yes. But Donald Trump was not stressing out Mama Bush in her 90s. Uh, what was stressing out Mama Bush in her 90s was the fact that uh, her son Jeb couldn't get a, even a running start with all the millions of dollars that were raised to become a president, although she initially didn't want him to anyway, you know. But the, the, to sit here today and be discussing whether or not 
Joe Biden should have attacked Anita Hill, whether or not Barbara Bush got a heart attack. It tells you how they really don't want to talk about that Mueller report at all anymore. They have lost their one tried and true uh, battering ram against the president, which leads me to believe he has become unleashed. And an unleashed Donald Trump will be incredible to watch. That's all. Um, You know, I can't wait. I, I, I literally can't wait. He's already uh, said Israel had dominion over the Golan Heights. I'm, uh, we're getting a wall. To my friend Ann Coulter, I know you're listening too. We are getting a wall. And not because you raised such a stink. Although you raising a stink was highly entertaining. Um, we're getting a wall because Donald Trump has been unleashed. And Donald Trump wants that wall. He needs to keep his base mobilized, although he doesn't really have to work very hard because we have no alternative. Who are we going to vote for? I mean, give me a break. Peter, uh, what is his name? Buttigieg? Buttigieg? I don't even, can't even pronounce his name. Hickelooper? Kamala Harris? Cory Booker? Uh, Gillibrand? What are the other names? I can't even remember them. Well, when in doubt, you can go story time with Beto. Story time with Beto. Did everybody see that video yesterday? Come on. You had to have laughed your behind off at his poetry. I mean, oh, gosh. Oh, yeah, but but never never say never, right? Because people thought Donald Trump couldn't win, you know? People thought Barack Obama couldn't win. So I never say never anymore. Beto is worth the price of admission, though. Wait, um, we have some other candidates in there. Oh, Joe Biden, probably. We got Bernie. Well, forget Bernie. Don't forget Bernie. They lie. I'd like to forget Bernie, but we can't forget Bernie. Julian yeah, Julian Castro and uh, Ariva Deci Roma Killer out there. Brand. Tulsi, what, Tulsi Gabbard. Um, there's another woman in there. I can't remember her name either, but it's okay. There's so many. There's so many. Anyway, thank you for your time this time. Until next time, Roger Stone tomorrow calling into the program. Of course, he can't talk about his case, and that doesn't mean I won't ask him questions about it. It just means he can't answer them. So thank you for your time this time. Until next time, I'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. if it be his will and he delays his coming. Thank you, Hobo. Most of all, thank you for listening. God bless you and God bless the United States of America.